You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and today uh, a very special episode coming to you direct from the Tallinn Comedy Festival. I was going to say the Tallinn International Comedy Festival. I don't think that's technically its name, although obviously from my point of view it's international. It's in Estonia. It was the second ever one this year and I was very pleased to do a podcast there with the very funny Mitch Ben. publicly unhappy how does that work that's fine too we can get into that much <laughs> what faster. if my unhappiness is a matter of record yeah. <laughs> and uh, i should point out for the benefit of the people in the audience if not the listeners at home that uh, or in the bath or wherever they are um that uh, mitch and i will be speaking into these uh, very fancy looking shotgun microphones which as you will have noticed are not connected to any pa system here uh, these are just for the recording so if you're thinking that's awfully quiet it's just our voices so uh, let's let's get stuck in. Mitch, you've been here yes. at the Tallinn Comedy Festival. I have since yesterday. You've since done, yesterday afternoon. Yes, you've done a gig last night. The gala. Uh, yeah, we did the gala opening at the. Um, oh, how do we pronounce it? What's what's it? It's the uh, the Concert Maya. Is that no? What? Concert Maya. Concert Maya. There you go. Can you? But, can the three of you do that again, please? It's at the. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Really big theatre, uh, okay. which was slightly uh, daunting. Um, so, was it? Yeah, but all of Tallinn were there, I think, you know. Uh, and I was um, one of only two English language acts on, and I was the first of the two, and the other one was um, uh, Late Night Gimp Fight, who mainly did visual stuff. Yes, uh, and, <laughs> so, and also there's five of them as well, so they yeah, can kind of yeah, support kind of each other. strength in numbers, I just get sort of tossed out there with my guitar and just have to make the best of it. Um, but no, it was, it was fun, it was fun, and um, quite well received, I think. And, and I'm, only, I'm just doing the one more show tonight, I'm doing the one, uh, the basically club night um, with myself and yourself. Uh, and yeah, Carrie Marks, Marks, Marks and Felicity and Ward, Felicity Ward well. yes. Um, they, they wanted me to do a, a, a kind of a prop show tomorrow night, but, but I can't stick around that long because I'm in the middle okay. of touring my own show back in Britain. And on Friday night, I have to be in Stockton on Tees, which is right up in the northeast of the country. It's basically the bit of Middlesbrough that pretends not to be Middlesbrough. Uh, and we went through every possible combination of plane, train and automobile. And there is no way of being in Tallinn on Thursday night and Stockton on Tees on Friday night unless you're Bono. Basically, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could commission your own jet, then yeah, you could probably do it, but not by uh, anything that 
public people can use. Okay. Yeah. And is this is this kind of uh, is this sort of travel being in Estonia for you? Is it are you one of these comedians who has worked all over everywhere around Europe and the world? I'm not quite Nick Wilty, but I've got around. Um, I've uh, yeah. This is my second time to Estonia. Uh, first time I think was 2012. Um, and I did uh, basically a kind of a double-header thing with uh, Imran Yusuf in, in the building that we're in right now. Okay. Um, so it's, it's my second time to Estonia. Um, and yeah, I had a lovely time last time, having a good time so far this time. It's, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to tell people back home that you're going to Estonia. Because they're like, why? Is that because cause they do comedy there. <laughs> We they should do? point yes. out, not, not everyone in the UK knows that Estonia is as culturally switched on and as electro- electronically switched on as Estonia, in fact, is. It's this better is the for thing. Wi-Fi than Britain, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that, man, it's, you, you branded it, what, Estonia? Is this the... This was when I was here last time. <laughs> Smally, you, big S. Yeah, now, that works, are you yeah, laughing yeah. because I've misunderstood or are you laughing because that's... Why are you laughing? Not... Yeah, but that's it, but they call it e- Estonia. That's the, that's, that's the angle you're going for, isn't it? Very crafty. It could have been Estonia, but Apple would have charged them money. Yes. yes. Nice. <laughs> First joke of the show. Thank you. Um, I, I, I try and get the minute. Yes. So tell me, when you were... What, how did you make the decisions about what material to use last night? You were doing mainly songs or mainly stand-up? I, did mainly, I only did ten minutes, so I really just kind of did you know, two songs with a bit of blether in the middle. And, which, and which songs did you use? And I why did, did you make those decisions? Were, was it to do with kind of understandability to a non-native speaker. There's got to be an language. element of that, yeah. You've got to have, you know, that's, that's got to be in the back of your mind somewhere. I mean, I've done um, mainly non-English speaking uh, gigs before. Uh, about 10 years ago, I did a whole tour of Holland mm-hmm. uh, and they were mainly uh, Dutch people in the audience. I guess a few Brits and Americans might have wandered in on the off chance. But, it was, yeah. but that was also an entirely English language show. That was me and a couple of American guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, done, I've, done, I've worked in the Netherlands as well, and yeah. that's quite unnerving, almost in the same way as it is in Estonia, yeah. um, which is that the, the, uh, the English skills of the audience yeah. are so good. Like we're used to, I'm certainly used to yeah. working in kind of to, to expat English people. Yeah. In clubs, you know, you go to Luxembourg and it'll be all sorts of different nationalities. Yeah, you go to like Hong Kong and it's all kind of Hong Kong Brits. And it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, over yeah. here and in the Netherlands as well, it's a case of you're performing to yeah. uh, natives who have wonderful grasp of English, but Ex- not necessarily the, the same idiom. No, that's the thing that you've got to bear in mind, is that um, there are certain things that don't translate even, you know, there's certain things that it's, it's very, unless you are literally 50-50 bilingual, it's, it's things are difficult to pick up on in a second language, however good, because I did languages at university, that's what I did, you know, and I lived in Spain for a while, and, uh, you know, lived in France for a while, lived in Canada for a while. Um, so languages is something, I, you know, it, it might be fun to pick up some Estonian at some point. I made a bit of a joke last night about it sounding a bit like High Valyrian from Game of Thrones. Um, but, 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 <laughs> it does a bit sound like, it does sound a bit like High Valyrian. Um, <laughs> You know, the only thing I can say in Estonian is Valamagoulis. Yeah. Um, but um, but no, I had a f- bit of fun with the word for stage, which is lava. No, no. Yeah, yeah, the word for stage is lava, which is interesting because in English, that's the stuff that comes out of volcanoes. Um, and I asked Andrus, I said, well, what do you call the stuff that comes out of volcanoes? And they said, we call it lava. And I thought, well, that's fair enough because <laughs> that's how you'd say it. <laughs> you know, if, if, if it's a volcano erupted, we go, ah, lava. You know, you go, so, lava. So, so yes. tell me, what I'd like to, what I'd like to get into is yes. the, the specifically, how do you feel last night and what decisions are you making yeah. going on? Are you more than usually nervous? You said it was a big venue. Is that a big no, this is not really a touring? response I get. And this is something, this is an admission rather than a boast. Uh, I don't really get nervous 
with regard to performing. Um, it's not a response I have. If I think something's, if I think it's, last night, obviously, there's more to think about. So I'm not maybe as relaxed last night as I would be going on, you know. But, you know, by the same token, I wasn't necessarily any more apprehensive than I might be playing, you know, Jongle Southampton when it's full of stagnites. If mm-hmm. anything, far less apprehensive than I might be playing Jongle Southampton because it's full of stagnites because the atmosphere in those games can actually turn really negative really quickly, you know. Um, okay. Whereas last night, I was assured of at least a positive response, even if it wasn't necessarily, you know... Um, What's the one I have? An immediate positive response. But yeah, no, you, you've got to bear in mind. I think, by and large, this whole thing about um, uh, if you're going abroad, sense of humor is very different over there. I think that's largely nonsense. And I think as long as people know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you're okay. But you're right. There is a thing that when you are translating or playing to an audience that's translating you in your head as you're going, there are certain kinds of gags that do get literally lost in translation. Wordplay doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least it's not immediately obvious. Puns aren't immediately obvious. And that can be a problem with, um, for example, the songs, because one of the things I like doing in songs is is something which I call, you know, like stunt rhyming, making words rhyme that really shouldn't. Can like, you give but, us an example of putting the stunt the, rhyme? Uh, putting the stresses in the wrong place. I'm trying to think of one, actually. Well, I mean, I did one years ago on the radio. I got two rhymes for orange in a rap, because famously there are no rhymes in the English language for the word orange. So I managed to get two by cheating slightly. Go on. Everybody knows that nothing wrong with orange. It doesn't matter how much imagination or ingenuity you use. Even words that are foreign, just better let it go. Then nothing wrong with orange. <laughs> I, you know. And the thing is, well, thank you for appreciating that. Because, because, <laughs> no, because one of the things is, if you're listening to somebody speaking a language that is not your own, you might not necessarily get that they're actually slightly abusing the words to get them to fit to yes. the rhyme scheme in a way that you that you would get. If it's, you know, so it's it's it's. In, in, in much the same way that I'm sure if we listen, you know, because my Spanish is pretty good, but I mean, I used to watch Spanish comedy on TV and, and funnily enough, you can tell by the rhythms where the gags are, you know what I mean? And even listening to the Estonian comics last night and listening to the Estonian comics I was on with last time I was here, I can hear where the punchlines are going to land because there are kind of cadences, there are kind of rhythms you go, yeah, and boom, that's where the gag was, you know what I mean? Yes, okay. No idea what it was, but that's where the gag yeah, was. Yeah, it's almost it? like watching physical comedy, watching someone yes. trip over well or fall down a hole well. Yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 it's weird, it's weird. No, I'm, 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 I'm quite fascinated by languages anyway, so it's, it's in, you know, in as much as I have an academic background, that's what it's in, you know, so... Yeah. So when you're, let's talk about the mm-hmm. writing songs then, because yeah. uh, you, people who are unfamiliar with, well, in fact, for, for those people listening to the podcast or maybe in the room who are less familiar with your yeah. work, uh, describe yourself. Where are you in your comedy career? What are you known for? <laughs> who is Mitch Ben? Where am I, uh, you know, other than going round and round in circles since about 1996? Um, my... We'll put a pin in that and come back to it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, no, in fairness, I've, I've, I've come along in leaps and bounds occasionally. Uh, the odd leap, the occasional bound. Um... I'm a comic songwriter, I guess. If if, if you want to pigeon, pigeonhole me in anything, then I am a comic songwriter. Um, specifically comic songwriter rather than necessarily just guitar act. You know, yes. I, I, I do write comic songs. You write I, original songs yeah. rather than well, changing I'm, the words. I made it, I made, that was almost a political decision I made very early on because when I was very new, you know, about to start off in the sort of the early mid-90s, I did a bit of that, you know. Um, and then it occurred to me quite early on that that's a habit to get out of as quickly as possible because you basically end up with an act that you don't own. 
Yes. You end up with an act that you can't, you know, and nobody really minds you doing funny words to other people tunes in like a cabaret or comedy club setting. There's a fine tradition of it, but the difficulty comes in if you try and exploit it on any other level. If you try and do it on telly, it all kicks off. If you try and do it on the radio, it all kicks off. You certainly can't put records out with it. You know, it's, it's like, you know, people it's, say, you know, well, Weird Al Yankovic, yeah, but Weird Al Yankovic does get permission from the publishers. That's how it works. Yes, You know okay. what I mean? Uh, okay. Yeah, you and can, is, you know. Is that something that you realised... It, when you were in trouble, when you were kind of like you wanted to put something on TV and you no, couldn't, no, no, really, or is no, it just it, something you've it's something I realised very early on that <clears throat> this is a bad idea to have it to be dependent upon material that you don't own, basically, yes. you know, um, to be reliant upon stuff that I think a lot of club <clears throat> acts, non music based club acts, would mm-hmm. probably have something similar. Uh, if you're reliant on material that is kind of sex-based, that yeah. works in a club and then you can't put it on TV or at a corporate, you know, yeah. in other environments, anything that stops it from working for you. Yeah, if you're too dependent on the blue book, as, yeah. as Max Miller would have called it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's because I don't really have one, actually, because another weird thing that I've got is um, I, for the past 16 years now, I've been the comic songwriter in residence on this radio show called The Now Show. And if people back home know me for anything, that tends to be what they know me for. But what that means is a lot of my stuff is written for broadcast. Yes. So I'm actually quite clean. Uh, A lot of my stuff is actually quite clean. Not out of any kind of sense of prudery. It's just that most of it's written for that environment. A lot of it is written for, for, for broadcast. So as such, I don't really have a lot of filth. And something I find very difficult to follow. Because the other thing about being the guitar guys, they almost always put you on at the end. Um, and you know that's why I tend not to use the word headline when I describe what I do even if I'm on at the end I'm just on at the end I don't really think about it as headlining you know if I'm touring under my own name then yes I'm headlining and there is only me but you know if if I'm on in a club night and they stick me on at the end I don't really think of it in terms of headlining it's just they tend to stick the guitar guy on at the end Um, is that why do you think that is because I think it's a dynamic thing I think it's you know you're bigger and louder than everything else I think they just think in terms of you know uh, sort of you know, a kind of a general dynamic shift over the evening. You kind of want everything to in some way top what has gone before or at least be so different to what has gone before that it doesn't look like you're just kind of doing what the last guy did. And, and how do you feel about that? Does it get frustrating always going on last? Or do um, you enjoy the sort of the, the additional status? I in don't mind it either way, to be perfectly honest. I don't really think in terms of the status that's completely irrelevant in this day and age for me certainly i've been around so damn long that i think whether they stick me on in the middle or whether they stick me on at the end you know the the ego doesn't really register it i quite like going on earlier if only because they're not drunk yet and there mm-hmm. is you know well, there, there is certain here's the thing all right yeah we can talk about this because it's kind of what this podcast for as a musical act as a circuit comic you don't get a lot of respect Right. Okay. By other comedians and to a a degree by promoters, but certainly by other comedians. Because the idea is, and here's why it is, I will grant, entirely possible to play a blinder as a thoroughly mediocre musical act in a way is not possible to play a blinder as a guy in a shirt with a mic. Right. Yes. If you're going to like bring the house down, get on course, have everybody buy drinks and try and get off with you as a guy in a shirt with a mic. You've got to be pretty damn good, right? Yes. You can show up with a guitar at the end, get them when they're drunk enough for a sing-song, get a bunch of rude words to run to the tune of Wild Thing, and you are home. You know what I yes. mean? You can do that. You can get away with that. This, is, that... this is the legacy, or, or this is not, the legacy is not quite the right word, but it's something I was meaning to ask you about. Yeah. Was that um, In the UK, at least, I've heard a guitar referred to by other comedians as the cheating stick. Well, yeah. Well, that was Kitson who came out with that. Oh, I was think. he really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's not cheating, and I'll tell you why it's not cheating, because this is not a competition. 
Yeah. Um, that's why it's not cheating. If you're insanely competitive enough to the point where basically you have to be better than everybody else, and if somebody's doing something that you don't do and you think, right, I've, I've lost my point of immediate comparison, therefore I can't compare myself favorably to this person, that's cheating. Yeah. And yeah, maybe that's how you perceive it. But I've never perceived comedy as a competition. It's not a zero-sum game. There's enough applause to go around for everybody. But the point is, it is possible, I will grant, to get by as a really mediocre musical act in the way it is not possible to get by as a mediocre stand-up. The flip side of this is that if you're trying to do something other than that, with a guitar or a musical instrument. If you're trying to do something, I like to think that what I do is maybe a little bit more considered, maybe has got a bit more thought goes into it, maybe is you know, just got a bit more, you know, it's, just, it's a bit smarter, basically. Uh, you don't necessarily get credit for that because he's got a guitar, so it's easy for him because he's got a guitar. Sure, see what I mean? okay. And you is that necess- frustrating? Uh, it can be, can be. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I mean, you know, it doesn't keep me awake nights, but I'll, I'll admit, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think I've been around so long now that I think I have the good opinion of everybody whose good opinion matters to me on any level. Um, you know, I think... And the, which, you know, which sorts of people are that? Do you mean producers? Do you mean other comics? Other, other comics. I'm sticking within the industry now, you know, sort of among my peers. You know, I think I, I now have the respect of everybody whose respect I want. Um, it can be a bit... I mean, you know, uh, uh, again, it, it is a bit kind of annoying because I've, I've got my little corner but you can get painted into your little corner. Because, um, again, I keep myself so busy that this doesn't really prey on my mind much, except when it comes out thing. I, you know, we were just talking about this. I can't get on to any of the panel shows. Yes. You know, I can't get on to Buzzcocks, can't get on to I Got News, can't get on to any of those. I've been going for 20 years and I can't get on any of them. And I think at least part of the reason is, well, he's the song guy. We don't yes. do songs. What need have we of the song guy? And fair enough, you know, I can see that entirely from their point of view, that as far as the broadcast industry is concerned, I don't necessarily have any kind of proven track record for chat. Yes, they, I they, see. They have no idea whether or not I can You've actually You've got a talk. phenomenal proven track record, record of, for of a very, original, very specific thing. Original comedy songs, yes. topical comedy songs, satirical stuff, churning out a huge volume of material. Yeah, for a very specific thing that only very specific projects have ever actually got a use for. Yes. And to be honest, I'm already in most of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas what I don't have, as far as certainly as far as the broadcast industry is concerned, is any kind of proven track record of actually being able to sit down and talk. Um, whereas, of course, the thing is, I'm still playing comedy clubs, you know, um, two or three nights a week. I'm touring with my own show and my own show's got a lot of songs in it, but it's an hour and a half long and it's not all songs. You know, there's a lot of blether in it. There's a lot of chat in it. There's a lot of, you know, ranting in it, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I know that I can do that kind of thing, but ultimately, if you are a booker or a producer, then why would you necessarily take a chance on the guy who, as far as anybody in the industry knows, just stands there with the guitar and plays songs? So I absolutely understand how this situation has arisen, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, grind my gears occasionally. You mm. know? Do um, you Do you have any idea of like a... Do you have a sort of a strategy that you that I mean, if you, that if you could be bothered, if you wanted yeah. to pursue it, could you? Does it ever occur to you? Do you think I don't know what it might be that you might go? Okay, I'll put the guitar down. I'll do a show called Mitch Ben with no guitar, and I'll do an hour of stand up. You'd have to do that, and what you'd have to do is you'd probably have to devote an entire Edinburgh to it. Or what you'd have to do is you'd have to basically completely kill yourselves at at least one Edinburgh doing both. You'd have to turn up with a song. Turn up with, with your guitar. To turn make up with the a song in music in, and then do a song as, uh, which doesn't. And one of them would almost certainly take a massive bath financially because you're essentially trying to split your audience over two shows. So at least one just of them. To, just for yeah. uh, just the the. Expression to take a bath financially. <laughs> I just think that's an example of yes. an idiomatic of the idiomatic thing. Any, any, Estonians, yeah. any Estonians like to have a crack at that one? To take a bath financially. 
Yep. Take a loss. Well Thank you, you Andrew. There you go. Who spent time in London. Yes. Good. <laughs> spent time in London. And also works as a comedy promoter and knows all about losing money. Yeah. <laughs> he spent enough time with comedians to know that if we're talking about anything, it's probably about losing money, particularly if we're talking about Edinburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, you could do that. And it has occurred to me that sometimes I could do that. But the difficulty would be you'd have to make it a specific project. What you couldn't do is just turn up to a gig without the guitar and go, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, dude, I've cast it aside. I, I, don't, I don't do that anymore because it's like, well, what do you think we booked you for, asshole? Get your guitar back. You know what yes. I mean? It's like, have, you, <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever turned up without the guitar? No, I've gone on without the guitar in a matter of, as a case of emergency when there's been somebody hasn't turned up. Okay, I have done not for a long time. I've done a twenty with no guitar because I've been in the building and somebody hasn't turned up. Okay. Uh, and I'm fairly sure that's also the only time I've gone on drunk because I wasn't expecting to go on. So yeah. maybe that's the thing. This, I can't, reminds, I can't do, me, you know, you know. this reminds me of a, a quote from a Terry Pratchett book. Yeah. I, I, I imagine Terry Pratchett is the sort of thing you're into, knowing as I do about your well, yes. predilection for Doctor Who. Well, and, yes. Um, I met him a few times, but only, after, only after he was already ill. Ah. So I, 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 never, I, I never sort of met him in his, in his pomp, as it were. And um, He, he has yeah. a, a lovely description of um, a, uh, a blacksmith Right. The price of being able... To, he's, he's the best blacksmith in yeah. the world. And yeah. they, he says that the price of being able to shoe anything, yeah. any creature, is that you have to shoe anything. Yes. You have, do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that skill comes with a price. So yeah. that's yeah. sort of effectively what you're saying, is yeah. that because you're the guitar guy, you can't turn up without can't the guitar. can't turn up without the guitar. I mean, the thing is, you, what you'd have to do is, 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 is... And the only way I can think that you could probably do this is Edinburgh. And you'd have to do two shows at Edinburgh. Or maybe just bite the bullet and just do the one. And do say, yeah, this year there is no go. I mean, I thought about, the, about dialing it back for last year's show, which is the one I'm touring in, the, in, in Britain at the moment. I thought about dialing it back, but then more and more, as I was putting it together, I thought, no, actually, this needs, if anything, more music. This, 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 it's because um, the show I did the previous year was a show about the Beatles. So obviously there was a lot of music in that because it was about music. Now, the show I did last year was about scepticism. Um, it was about religion, it was about homeopathy, it was about astrology, it was about, you know, uh, politics and that kind of thing. So it didn't necessarily have any specific musical components. So I thought, well, maybe I'll dial it back a bit. But as I was putting it together, I thought, no, if anything, this needs more music. Uh, this needs more music because this, this is actually full of quite highfalutin concepts and is insanely dense. And the only way I can really get this to work as a piece of entertainment uh, is by ranking, is by, you know, cranking the musical aspect of it. And, and does that... Does that mean then that you're if you're trying to write something with less music in it, mm-hmm. but you end up putting more music in it? Does that mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, like I, I've certainly tried to write shows that don't make any reference to my crippling anxiety, right? And then by the end of the show, it's I'm kind of looking at it, going, "Wow, this turned out to all be a, you know a, like a, a complicated hour long analogy for how anxious I am." Do you know what I mean? Is, is, there, is there something that you bring to it inescapably? Do you think? I think. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, I think I, 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 you know, and the other thing is, I enjoy it. I enjoy writing songs. Uh, thank Christ, um, because <laughs> I really would be in the river by now were that not the case. Uh, but you know, I, I enjoy writing songs. I enjoy getting things to work as music. I enjoy messing around with musical genres. I enjoy, you know, one of the great things about being, you know, in one of my walks of life, a kind of a pop parodist, is I get to play every kind of music. Yes, uh, because. I think, you know, I, I, I like every kind of music. I like the good parts of everything. You know, much as I love, off the top of my head, Iron Maiden, 
I got my mind if I was in Iron Maiden. Because yes. Iron Maiden is all they get to do. You know, even Iron Maiden must wake up someday and say, can we play some reggae this week, Bruce? You know, yeah. <laughs> no, it must all be... You know, and this is it, you know. Um, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's one of the great things about what I do is I get to dabble in, in, in so many things. I'm, I'm a bit of an, 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 an uh, a habitual dabbler, really. You know, I like lots of things on the go. If anything, you know, if anything, if I was more focused if I was more of these monomanic kind of people who just had an absolute clear vision of what they wanted to do I might have achieved it by now I, I, I like doing lots of things yes you know and, and and what I want to do changes a lot you know um and and it's difficult because you know when I when I was a kid for example you know I mean I did you want to be a stand-up when you grew up was this serious for your ambition uh only in retrospect I can look back and go <laughs> oh it occurred to me then and it occurred to me then and it occurred to me then yeah but I I, 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 I think I wanted to be an actor no me and, too yeah, yeah that was one of the things I wanted to be when I was a kid and then I wanted to be a musician and then I wanted to be a writer and I've ended up dabbling in all of them but the yes. one but the one I never <clears throat> excuse me the one I never envisaged was, was stand-up um and I don't know many comics who are pursuing their boyhood ambition, actually. Most of us seem to have been sidetracked into it while we were trying to do other things. Yes. Um, it, 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 it seems to be that kind of a profession that you get kind of distracted into. And, and in many respects, it's, it's, it's weird because it solved all my other problems and all the various other things I wanted to be when I was a kid kind of got swamped by this, but it is actually, fortunately, not a bad platform you get to be a rock from star which and to a do other things, star. yeah. You get to play yeah. whatever kind of music I get, I get to write books, I've done bits of acting, you know, I mean, it's, like, you know, it's not a bad platform from which to launch yourself into yes. all these other disciplines if you've got time, you know. So this is Mitch. I was really pleased that, uh, I mean, I always say this, don't I? This is, this is always the beginning of this bit. You can set your watch by it. Stu says, I was really pleased this person opened up as much as they did. But I think given that Mitch is known, I guess, for a certain amount of, uh, what shall we say, kind of, Bluster isn't the word, but he's a very he's as you, as you can hear he's a very, he likes a chat. That's it's always good for me when people like talking. Um, but he uh, he's very forthcoming and he's very confident and he's got an enormous as you can hear just years and years worth of coming up with new funny successful topical songs every week. He's got an enormous wealth of material, you know, back catalogue, you know, CDs and so forth. You can find on iTunes. You can download or, or purchase some of his stuff in physical form as well. Um, and I suppose for someone who's in that position, I was not worried, but I, one of my concerns was I thought maybe he's not going to be uh, up for having a conversation about the things that he hasn't necessarily achieved. Because we can all, I mean, I, this, is, this is where I'm, I'm really enthralled to my guests on this, because I think our favourite moments, and I'm, I'm you're, you the listener and me the podcaster, our favourite moments are always when people talk about their vulnerabilities. And I suppose some conversations I've had in the past, not necessarily podcast ones, you know, conversations are always more uh, exciting when people are prepared to admit that they have vulnerabilities. And that, you know, I'm forever asking people, what's your, you know, if these are your superhero powers, what is your, what's your secret weakness? Because as we heard with Nina Conti, her, her fixation with the idea that she's somehow boring is completely fascinating to me. Um, so I was very pleased that, uh, that Mitch was happy to have a conversation about the things he hasn't achieved as well as the, the enormous amount that he has achieved. And uh, I just thought this made for a really good uh, episode, a really good conversation. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I enjoyed having it. 
So, and go to Tallinn. Good Lord, Tallinn is so great. It was only my second visit. Uh, I believe it was the, the second Tallinn Comedy Festival we were there at. Um, and uh, it's a really charming, beautiful city. I, it was a shame I didn't get much time, uh, as much time as I'd like to, to spend in it. And, and that the weather was kind of quite nice, as opposed to the last time I've been there, where the weather was incredibly blizzardy and snowy, and, uh, and that made for a very atmospheric experience. So thank you very much to Andrus, who runs that comedy festival. And uh, I'm sure you can Google up details of that again if you're in Estonia or anywhere nearby. Uh, and I'm, I have every confidence that he's going to repeat it uh, bigger and better next year. So that's Tallinn. Not a lot else to say at the moment. I'm interviewing someone round my flat uh, next Wednesday, this Wednesday coming, Wednesday next week, that's three different ways of saying Wednesday, um, who is just colossal. And uh, they're a, a huge comedy star. And I'm very, very excited to be having them. If you've donated in the last couple of weeks, uh, in lieu of having anything to send you that's like a special downloadable treat for saying thanks for your donations, um, I have just been secretly telling people, Psst, person X is coming round my house on Wednesday. Um, so I'm looking forward to bringing you details of that as and when it happens. I'm not going to, to announce who they are until it's safely in the can and uh, uh, triple uploaded. Other exciting news, hashtag get me Jackie Chan has really caught on. Two of you have tweeted with that, so thank you very much. Um, but the exciting news is that someone who has worked recently with an artist who has worked recently with Jackie Chan himself uh, has put me in touch with that artist. And so hopefully that, that might be an inroad. Um, the wonderful Patton Oswalt, who I think, I mean, I'm not going to say he's on the same level as Jackie Chan, but in terms of comedians, out and out stand up comedians that I'd like to interview, Patton Oswalt is pretty much, I mean, he's in terms of living ones who aren't Kitson, because let's take him off the table. <laughs> Patton's the guy. Patton's the guy. Oh, my God. I can recite huge chunks of his material. And I'm trying to talk to Patton to get him on the show uh, at the Montreal Comedy Festival, where I will be uh, doing the Brit Gala and also uh, the the Brit, what's it called? British. I think it's called British. It's a a, a combination show. It's some very funny uh, Brit comics on it. Um, And I'm also doing a live podcast there. So uh, there is a nothing has been guaranteed, but Patton has uh, responded to uh, my attempts to open a channel of communication. And that's very, very exciting. So, I mean, don't don't stop trying to hashtag get me Jackie Chan. But uh, I'm also very, very excited that 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 might be a possibility. Um, What else can I tell you? I spoke to Dara O'Brien in in his in his luxurious five-star boutique hotel room in Edinburgh uh, last Friday afternoon, just uh, before he was due to, to work at the Edinburgh Playhouse, do his, his latest show, Crowd Tickler, which is still on tour. Um, I will be releasing that one soon, I think. I think I might. I, I've, got a, I've got some machinations ongoing about uh, a thing to do during the Edinburgh Fringe, and that might need a, a big, hefty uh, interview to start August with because as you know I'm only doing the podcast for the last two weeks of Edinburgh so I may end up saving Dara for a sort of exclusive fanfare as I arrive into Edinburgh at the beginning of August um, or or I might just get giddy and chuck it out to you before then it, I mean it's one of those ones I just don't want to release it because it just lays bare how everything works um, I didn't talk to him about his uh, truncated the Darobrian truncated appendage or whatever it's called. Um, but I talked to him about almost everything else. He was very forthcoming and I'm sure we'll do a, a follow up to that as well because he actually texted me the next day and said, I completely forgot to mention X, Y, Z. So 
Plenty of great stuff, plenty more to come. That's everything, really. Thanks for donating. Those of you that have, uh, you can donate at comedianscomedian.com. Press the PayPal donate button and you can choose whatever you think the podcast is worth to you. You can go to patreon.com slash comcompod and you can set up a regular thing there. Now, I've got... No, I'm not going to talk about that. I've, I've got... Um, I've got plans for down the line with sort of refining that. But at the moment, I mean, let's be honest, those plans are only going to work if I can afford to make them work. So keep donating and uh, hopefully you will help me create uh, a, and have the time to employ people to, to help me create um, a new uh, exciting system which has no name. I shall refer to it simply as the Omega Protocol for now <laughs> because that's in the back of my mind. Um, so what was I saying? Thank you. For listening thanks for donating and if you would like to donate a pound a show a one-off donation of 10 or 20 pounds or whatever you think is appropriate you can do that at comedianscomedian.com and those donations really do make a difference and they enable me to hatch plans oh such plans i have and they enable me to travel to places uh, to speak to more and more exciting and more varied and more different people and bring you i think uh, the next few months we're going to see some real curveballs so uh hashtag get me jackie chan and I will speak to you after the rest of this interview with the fabulous Mitch Ben. Let's zero in on, yeah. on the songwriting yeah. process. What, what's the most recent song that you've written? Most, I mean, re- you, most I, recent song I've written was uh, two days ago, and it was a Gary Newman parody, because I'd never done him before. Uh, we're doing, right now in London, we're doing the Vote Now show. As I'm sure you know, yeah, we have an impending election in Britain. Now, the Now show, one of the little... Um, strings to its bow, as it were, is you can occasionally tweak the format a bit and run a little special run of shows for a special occasion. So we we did them for the last election. Um, (coughs) We also did them for the Olympics a few years ago, and those went out live, which was terrifying. Um, Went out late night, half 11, live, live on, you know, with a big ticking clock at the front of the stage. You know, at 23.59, you know, we're switching you off wherever you're up to, you know. And Um, this is, and you're, you're playing presumably on that you're playing and singing original comedy songs yeah, that you've yeah. not rehearsed in front of an audience no, no never well i mean i never get to rehearse them in front of an audience for the for the now show um what i did for this one is the trouble with the vote now show the election now show, is it's is it's doubly tricky because we're having to do like three shows a week i'm not in all of them i'm only in four of them i think we're doing six uh, we're doing like three shows a week whereas normally we only do one and of course the show's only on for about 20 weeks of the year you know but so we're doing these these, um, and I'm just doing one song per show for these normally I write two and they broadcast either or both Okay. Um, but for this I just thought I would, also because they need to keep the edit down because normally the now show we record on a Thursday evening and it goes out on a Friday evening now these yeah. are being recorded at basically tea time and then going out at 11pm the same day so recording them at like 6pm and then they're going out so the producers literally got like two hours mm-hmm. to cut it down and lock it and have it ready for broadcast so we're not over recording at all if we can help it so you know we're not really doing any kind of spare material any kind of overlap we're recording about 40 minutes to go out as mm-hmm. 30 you know <laughs> so I'm only writing and recording one song but <clears throat> the other thing is you know you've got to write about stuff in the news anyway the minute an election's called the minute parliament gets prorogued and the election gets called all kinds of new rules kick in as regards political coverage, and they apply to us as well as the news. I see. So you can't satirise, you can't sort of put the boot You can't one pick party. on anybody. No, yeah. you can't pick on anybody. Um, and, you know, uh, and, and so, it, it, weirdly, you have to either discuss it in general terms or pick up on weird little idiosyncrasies that don't necessarily make a party point. You know what I mean? Yes. So the three songs I've done so far, I've I decided just 
for the fun of it, they've all been pop parodies so far. Uh, so the first one was a Stones parody. Uh, and I've no idea why, because it doesn't necessarily specifically refer to the subject matter. It's just that the election thus far has been boring because nobody's really fucked anything up yet. And that's what we need is for somebody to properly fuck something up. Either fall in the sea or call somebody a racist with his microphone left on it. Just, just fuck something up, you yes, know what I mean? So, yes. so that was we what... Need a, you know, we need a Gordon Brown... We need a proper folk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. You know, and that hasn't happened yet. Everybody's been behaving themselves impeccably. So I did that as the Stones for no good reason whatsoever, except I quite enjoyed doing the whole Keith Richards guitar sound. Uh, and then the second one um, was about this sort of Ed Miliband's belated love, um, a sort of uh, heartthrob status. Mm-hmm. The fact that all these stories are breaking out that he was a bit of a player with the ladies um, a few years ago and that he's got all these screaming teenage fangirls who all exchange swoony texts about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did, you know, and, and I did a Beatles parody for that I did something based on she loves you called they love me you know? and, are, and are you allowed to do that <laughs> under the rules of that one yeah because I think I think yeah you're not really as long as everybody's sort of fairly represented across the whole show which of course is harder now than ever because now apparently we've suddenly got seven legit political parties whereas yeah. previously we had two and a half and now we've got seven legitimate political parties, you know. So if, if anything, I think they're going to have to cut us a bit of slack on that. So, they, you know, look, just because we mentioned David Cameron, we can't necessarily give equal prominence to that. You can't we name can't do everyone. It. Yeah, it's exactly. You know. um, okay. So, um, but, you know, so I could do it about specifically about someone, but also because it wasn't really necessarily making a political point. It was just making a wry observation that this guy, that, yes, who has been sort of, you know, okay. universally derided as this sort of adenoidal dork for his entire career, so, is suddenly so turned out to be a bit of a ladies' man, you know. In, in that example <laughs> yeah. of They Love Me, so that's a Beatles <laughs> parody yeah and you're taking the the starting points are beatles parody and ed yeah ed sang it with a close peg on my nose um so which which <laughs> one of those came first uh which, probably, I, which starting point came the first? story came first the idea of doing something about ed miliband's belated heart i mean people okay. often ask for that you know particularly with the with the, with the news-based ones people say do you start with the tune do you start with the words so now you start with the joke you start, you know where are yeah. we going with this what's the idea you know okay. what i mean and then the idea will sometimes as in that case suggest a musical form you know, okay, because yes. the other thing to do would have been a boy band parody, but I've had it with boy band parodies. I've done dozens of them. I haven't said that I've done dozens of Beatles parodies, but I just like them. Um, but, you know, that would have been the other thing to do, you know, or kind of a Barry White parody, you know. I've, yes. I've done a few of those over the years. Um, but, you know, that, 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 was, that was just kind of what suggested itself. Um, with the one I just did a couple of days ago, I wanted to do a song about battle buses. So I kind of based it on Cars by Gary Newman okay. because I've just always quite fancied having a go at that song. So, um, so take yeah. us into the into the the works. Whereabouts are you sitting? Where do you do your writing? Uh, in my uh, room at home with my computer, uh, okay. with my, with my iMac uh, and with my uh, one of my electronic guitars, which can sound like everything. Okay. And basically, it's all um, it's all in the computer. I use GarageBand. I use the one that comes free with Apple Macs. I occasionally, I've got Logic, and I occasionally use Logic, which is the, the professional, uh, yes. you know, studio software. But the weird thing about GarageBand is you can work so quickly with it. The speed you can work with it is phenomenal. You know, um, you can only get something about seventy, eighty percent as good on GarageBand as you can get it on Logic. But you can get it that good in about an hour. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> from nowhere, you know, just building the whole thing up. It helps if you can play a bit, which I can, you know. Um, 
And are you are you noodling? Are you kind of like improvising musically and improvising with jokes? Are you sort well, of kind singing of to yourself in your room? Or <coughs> you not- well, what often happens sometimes is you will, ha- you will come up with an idea for a chorus or an idea for a lyrical hook, which will suggest a melodic hook, and then you think, right, that's enough to work with melodically. I'll build up the tune of the song, and that way, now we've got a, 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 a backing track with a tune, and that will in, in, in that now in turn suggests a shape for the remaining lyrics. You know what I mean? Yes. What you want to do is be basically swimming, swirling around in a creative void of possibility for as little time as possible. You know, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? That's great. You, you know, that, you, that's a really good tip. That's totally applicable to non-music. Pretty much everything. Writing. Yeah. You know, um, swirl, swirl around, swirling in around void. in a creative void of infinite possibility for as little time as, as possible. As little time as possible. Yeah. You okay. want to basically latch onto something and then start to build up some kind of structure around that and, and do, then, you, you know. do you there's just a, so a secondary question occurs to me which is that when you're writing the the now show songs yeah. do you get free reign do they or does someone does a producer go this is your topic here's how it usually works there is uh for, for the for the for the for the for the regular show uh the writers meetings are being crammed in as and when they can for these uh, special election shows generally speaking the cycle is this there is a writers meeting on tuesday morning which i almost never make it to right because i'm generally taking my kids to school but there is a writers meeting at about 11 a.m on tuesday morning i live quite a long way away a town it takes like an hour and a half to get in uh and by the end of that writers meeting by sort of lunchtime on tuesday they will have th- because the, the, the format the show basically is Steve and Hugh do two big sections they do a big part one which is like a big long rambling conversation which will have little sketchy inserts illustrating various bits and which will cover hopefully half of the big topics in this week's news and then they do another one after a couple of the guest slots after one of my bits maybe they do another one which is another kind of seven or eight minute chunk of a big long rambling sort of you know go it linking together you know all the, the, the remainder of these issues and then we have the guest slots one of which is me or Pepper if I'm not there um, or and John Holmes or somebody else if John Holmes isn't there and what used to be Marcus Brigstock's slot but is now basically a guest stand-up mm-hmm. um, or John Finnable um, you know and, and these are like the individual features of the show and what they will generally have by the end of that that meeting is decided what those two big sections are going to cover okay and that generally leaves you with a bunch of topics flying around that they haven't managed to work in now if i get to the writers meeting i'm maybe trying bagsy one of those topics before they necessarily get absorbed okay. into the big sections and, uh, but that's if, a question of getting not, your ass out of bed on a not, tuesday morning you've sort of got the kind of the... you've slightly got the crumbs from the news table yes okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. but presumably um, that doesn't that's that's not a negative experience for you because by doing a song you can kind of I mean, you, could you feel that you can make anything work? Well, I mean, this, this gets tested all the time, and it was very much tested a couple of months ago. Um, that sometimes, actually, it's easier to get songs, bass songs, not on the funny stories. Uh, we used to do a thing, myself and Stephen Hughes used to do a thing called It's Been a Bad Week on Radio 2, which ran for about five, six years. Uh, and that was slightly the Radio 2 version of the Now Show, in, in many respects, although it was made outside the BBC, it was made by Celador. Um... But the, the, the format of that was, it was trying to decide who'd had the worst week in the world. So it was like hard luck stories from all over the world, which tended to be kind of wacky little news items. They tended to be your kind of your and finalies, you know, the ones that yes. might go out. You know, they were inept bank robbers, lots of inept bank robbers, that kind of thing. And I used to actually find that quite heavy going, trying to write a funny song about a funny story. Because and sometimes I would try and find one which wasn't you know which hadn't come up at the writers' meeting. I know here okay. you go. There's nothing funny about this, but I reckon because the trouble with a funny story, if you're trying to write a funny song about it, is I have to set the thing up by telling people what it's about. So if it's a funny story, I've just told them what's funny. So what am I going to do now? Just basically reiterate what I just said, except put a tune under it. You know what I mean? Whereas sometimes it's easier to be funny about 
the unfunny subject matter, you know, and sometimes the really, you know, the, 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 the dark stuff. You don't necessarily have to be funny about it. I mean, this is the other thing which I like to point out to people is that satire and satirical comedy are not the same thing. Satirical comedy is a subset of satire. Not all satire is funny or is indeed meant to be. Um, George Orwell wrote the two best satires of communism ever, yes, 1984 okay. and Animal Farm. They're both satires and there are not a lot of gags in either of them. Um, you know, something can be satirical without necessarily going for the gag. And we had, um, and, and often some, that means if we have a story that we can't ignore but there's nothing funny about, sometimes that gets given to me because I can do something about it which might not necessarily have any jokes in it, maybe just a couple of, sort of little wry one-liners but actually be quite heartfelt. And we had one of these um, just a few months ago because we were all ready to go. Like I say, the, the, the time frame is basically have the, the, the writers meeting Tuesday people tend to do people by the end of the day Tuesday generally know what they're writing about we spend all day Wednesday writing it record it Thursday evening it goes out Friday evening so we've had the, for the before the first show of the last series it's like I think end of January beginning of February um We've got, uh, it's, it's Wednesday afternoon, everything's been decided to meet, we all know what we're going to do, and on Wednesday afternoon the Charlie Hebdo thing happened in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I spent all day, <clears throat> we had a brand new producer, young scouse lad called Joe, it was his first week on the show, and this happens to him, you know, the day before going to do the first one. So I spent all day emailing everybody up and down the food chain um, in, in radio comedy saying, we can't not do this. Mm-hmm. I, I know our instinct is going to be to walk away from this story, but we can't. We can't not do it. We can't, you know, I mean, and it, partly because, you know, without wanting to be pompous about it, it's tangentially about us. It's about people it's being about murdered for yes. doing the shit we do. And again, without wanting to sound too self-important about it, if the object of that exercise is to stop people cracking jokes about that kind of shit, and our response is to stop cracking jokes about that kind of shit, then we've basically given them everything they want. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and so I spent all day, and I said, you know, Joe, the producer, look, it's, it's a bitch that this has happened before you and I have had a chance to build up any kind of working relationship, because... You're just going to have to trust me that I'm actually quite good at doing the dark things. I'm actually quite good at, uh, at, at finding a, an angle. For, uh, and, and a lot of the songs which I've done for the show over the years, which people remember the most fondly, the ones that people still come up to me and ask mm. me about, are not necessarily particularly funny songs about some desperately unfunny... Like the one I wrote when John Peel died suddenly, yes. out the blue. I wrote this thing called A Minute's Noise for John, and that's, you know, I still get requests for that. Years yes. later, people go, oh, I really remember that. You know, you, you just really put your finger on whatever it is feeling. So I, I said, you know, look, it's not going to be particularly funny, but I think we can do that and also i think this is the only bit of the show that we can do this in you know so i spent yes, i persuaded yes. them to let me know and i wrote it on the uh the wednesday night i spent all day uh thursday emailing various versions of the lyrics backwards and forwards because i thought i want to cover all the bases here i don't want this nixed at the last minute just because there's one word they don't like you know what i mean mm. and i understand that everybody's shit and bricks here so i'm just cutting everybody as much slack as possible you know i'm not going to be you know be get my bloody high horse about it. I just want it done. So anyway, we recorded on the Thursday. It went over gangbusters in the room, got this massive ovation in the room, and I thought, okay, yeah, I think I've, I think I've put my finger on something there. Um, and then on the Friday, it all kicked off again in the morning. You know, the bad guys from the Charlie Hebdo shooting got cornered in the print works, and then that guy took everybody hostage in the kosher deli, and suddenly it's all on again. And it's like, so they're like, oh, we don't know if we can do it now. We don't even put it out yes, because it's, it's yes. an ongoing situation. And it's like, you know, and I was like, okay, whatever. If you really feel that you can't put it, I'll stick it up on my band camp site, let everybody have a listen to it that way. And then at 5.30, I got an email uh, from Jane Batu, who's now left, the, uh, was the head of radio comedy till about a month ago. Um, and she said, look, we've tried listening to an edit of the show without it in there and it just sounds glib it just sounds trite you know what I mean so yeah it's back in and it went out at 6.30 and, and um, the response thus far has been overwhelmingly positive you know mm. maybe the fatwas in the post or something I don't know but it's uh, you know and, 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 and so that's you know sometimes 
it's, it, it is required of you. You know, you've got to stick your head over the battlements, as it were. Do you, you know? feel that that's the exception rather than the rule in terms of the kind of importance of the stuff that you're doing on the Now Show? Do you think that the Now Show and sort of Radio 4 comedy, do you think it can tend towards the cosy? Uh, it has to, largely. I mean, this is a point I'm always trying to make to people. It's just like people say, you know, oh, it's all a bit cosy. So it's on before the archers, mate. You know what I mean? What do you want to do? You know what I yeah. mean? It's, I think, I think we, we, we push it about as far as we can a lot of the time. Um, there are a lot of the time, there are literally rules in place. I say, like, right now, you know, with the election and everything, you know, a whole bunch of new rules come in. But there's rules all the time about what you can and can't do. And is and that, is that these, ever frustrating? Oh, God, yeah, it can be frustrating. But not half as frustrating as just general circumstance can be. I mean, I've had very few run-ins with them over the years. Uh, very few. There's only been every now and again. And it's generally something like, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I'll submit a rhyme and they go... No, they go. All right, I'll find a way around it, but it slightly guts the song. Uh, well, I you, think. Why, why would they say no in that example? Oh, there was just one right. I, mean, I, I, I can't even remember what it was, but it, but it's you know every now and again they just say no. That's a bit blunt, you know. I mean, all right, okay. okay, I'll just just dial it down. I'll just come up with a word that's the same number of syllables, whatever, you know. Um, I mean, it's it is it is difficult, you know. I mean, I've I've, I've um, but you know, I think I mean, but actually, that was a point I made during the whole. Charlie Hebdo crisis was just that, yeah, the one thing everybody says about the show, and with a degree of justification, is that it's all a bit middle class and cosy. Um, if we don't do this story, which actually, ta- you know, at least partially Super, applies to us, yeah, we will yeah. absolutely justify that. You know what I mean? We will completely yes. justify that criticism. And I said, apart from anything else, half the people who tune in on Friday evening are going to be tuning in with at least a partly grim sense of curiosity as to how the hell we're going to handle this. Yes, and if and and you know and if they discover that how the hell we're going to handle this is by pretending it didn't happen, then they're all going to be very disappointed. You know what I mean? Um, I think you know we 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 get. I mean, every now and again, we could. You don't actually have to be. Um, you don't have to be Charlie Brooker or Mark Thomas to actually make a point. That's the thing. You can. John Finnamore, to my mind, uh, has done some bits on the Now Show, which are every bit as cutting as anything I've ever seen anybody else do or heard anybody else do, but he just frames it in such an unfailingly polite sort of way mm. that mm. it's that real stiletto between the ribs rather than frying pan to the face. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's you know, it, you, you can make points in, you know, entirely... Fair. I always thought that was um, John Stewart's greatest gift, is that, you mm. know, particularly when he's interviewed, but he's unfailingly charming. You know what I mean? You know, his, his, his interview technique is extraordinary. He's unfailingly charming. You know, are, you, are you, do you think, the kind of comic that you expected you would be when you started out in comedy? I didn't think it through that far, to be honest. Um, like I say, I think a lot of, like a lot of people, I kind of got sidetracked into it. It wasn't really... Um, you know, again, there was never any kind of game plan. There probably should have been. I would have been, you know what I mean, if I was a bit more focused and, and, and directed. You know. I, 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 why? Do you, why? Are you not the kind of comedian you thought you were going to be? God, you know? no, not at all. Oh, what did no. you think you were going to be? I thought I was going to be much cleverer and more inventive <laughs> than I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, was, well, I, mean, I say this yeah. on the podcast all the time, but my yeah. hero was Simon Munnery. Right, 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 I right. If I worked hard enough, I could get... I could, create the kind of incredibly mind-bending off-the-wall stuff. You're just not that weird, Stuart, deal with it. I'm just not that weird, absolutely. So are there things that you've had to deal with in that way? Have you, like, wanted to be kind of more anarchic Um, or edgy or or politically uh, important, say? What things have you had to deal with? I don't know. I think one of the things was, when I got into comedy in the mid-90s, just after Bill Hicks died, and you could instantly see the guys who wanted to be Bill Hicks. Yeah. Half the, the, the circuit were trying to be Bill Hicks. 
um, eventually literally trying to be Bill Hicks, you know, but, yeah. but there was a lot of Hicksism. And I remember thinking, I remember seeing an interview uh, with Richard Jenny, the late Richard Jenny, just after Bill Hicks died, where he said he was the kind of comic where if you saw him play, he suddenly thought, oh, I should be doing this. Yeah. I should be doing this. Yeah, my stuff's bullshit. I should be doing this. I should be angry and righteous. And I remember thinking, no, you should be more like you. You should be more like you. And if you isn't necessarily as angry as an acerbic as you'd like to be, then, you know, that's kind of... Do you know what I mean? I'm far more interested, I think, in, in just, you know, act, actively or authentically reflecting the things that I actually find funny rather than necessarily the things I think I should be finding funny. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, that, that, you know, doing the stuff you think you should be doing. I can always see somebody who's doing what he thinks he should be doing rather than what he actually wants to do. You know what I mean? What are the, um, what are the signs, if you recognise that? What sorts of things know. do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. Just when somebody suddenly gets really self-consciously weird and left field, out of nowhere, and they just think, your management's out of word, and they've decided that they need a new Ross Noble. Or indeed, when somebody goes the other way, and somebody goes from being all kind of, oddball and esoteric and then the next thing you see he's cut all his hair off and he's banding around in a t-shirt going have you ever noticed mm. you know what i mean i just think somebody's had a word and told you you should be more like russell howard you know what mm. i mean you know you're young you'd be more like russell you know what i mean and and or, or just something i think you know in the 90s it was maybe an internal thing that people were looking at bill hicks and thinking i should be bill hicks you know you should be you bill hicks was bill hicks you know what i mean or or, or the other one they all trying to be was harry hill at the time mm. or trying to be harry hill were they yeah, do think you know yeah. just you know uh, and and or the other one was eddie is they're all trying to be eddie is these yes. are the guys people trying to be in the 90s and if they think you know no no eddie pretends not to know what he's going to say next you know, it's the, the, the Eddie Stick is pretending he doesn't know what he's going to say next. It's not just an excuse to not ever finish a bloody sentence. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, it's just, okay. just, 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 just say a thing, please. Just say it. So, mm, yeah. So, anyway, so what? Mm, yeah, just fucking say a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's, it's, you... it's not just a way of getting one gag to last twelve minutes. Say a thing. You know, he <laughs> he fakes that. You know. Anyway. Have you have you successfully have you been successful at being an authentic? version of yourself yeah i think i have in it's certainly in, in the last few years uh because the stuff i'm in particularly in my touring shows um because the only way i can really write anything is by picking something that i'm genuinely quite obsessed with and just let and just running with it um so my show that i'm touring at the moment last year's show is about skepticism because i'm quite you know not passionate about it but i'm very interested in it yes. and i'm quite opinionated about it and i actually know what i think about it and i've researched it and i know a lot of the facts you know what i mean so that's something i know a lot about and and that was kind of off the back of the previous year's show being this thing about the beatles mm. because i mean uh, there's a line in the show that you know my best review for the show called it immaculately researched which made me feel a bit self-conscious because i already knew all this shit it's like it, it was it, it really worked because i'm a bit of a beatles nerd and just nerding out. I, I like enthusiasm this thing i like I like people enthusing. I like enthusi- enthusiasts enthusing about stuff. I like people having a bit of a gush. I like people having a bit of a fanboy. I yes. can't be asked that. I say, yes, all right. Well, yes, all right. Of- yes, uh, that's shit. You know, if, if you, you know, life is genuinely too short to spend any of it doing stuff that bores you. It really is. So, talking of enthusiasts, yeah. let's talk about the development of your audience. Yeah. Are you? Do you think you're performing to people who are like you, or are uh, you performing to people who are different? Who is? Who do you? 
How would you characterise... I'm performing to any bastard who'll turn up, Stuart. You know what I mean? Is it like, and I, I, I am performing to anybody who will turn up. I've never got this whole thing about trying to in any way demographically stream what you do. I think it's just fucking suicidal. But, but, I but, just, um, what I'm asking you know, is... What you mean is who's turning up? Who's turning up? Yeah, uh, it's very diverse. It's very diverse. Uh, it's not necessarily a, a kind of safe Radio 4 audience. No, because... Or, you, or you is know, that audience Well, the other diverse. thing I do all summer is I play rock festivals. You know, I've just discovered I'm not going to Glastonbury for the first time since 1995, which is a bit of a bummer. But, you know... Um, most years I'm not doing Edinburgh, I do Leeds and Reading. I've done, you know, Green Man, Festival, uh, Crumbs, uh, Llama Tree, or, or, you know, um, what, whatever that one, the Levellers Run is called. I can't even bloody remember that. But, you know, yeah. I, I spent all summer basically doing comedy in marquees to people sitting on the floor covered in mud. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, and, you know, I, not so much now, but certainly up until a few years ago, I used to do a lot of student gigs, you know. So sometimes I will get, you know, teenagers turning up with their parents and I'll get to talk to them and just discover that they discovered me independently of each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the teenagers, you know, the kids going for university, oh, this guy played the union and bought his album, he's great. Oh, we listen to him on the Radio 4 every week. The other thing you've got to remember, of course, is the Radio 4 audience is nothing like as specific as people think it is. You know, okay. there's, there's this idea that, you know, Radio 4 audiences are all 50-plus and white and home counties. But I think to myself, well, wait a minute, I was listening to Radio 4 comedy when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, the old favourites have been around since the war, you know, like, your, your minutes and your clues and all that kind of thing. But also the stuff that was only on in the 80s, like the WOW show and Son of Cliche and in one ear and out the other. You know, I used, I used to listen to all those. There, a lot of those were people who ended up becoming quite big on TV and everything, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, I, I, and Radioactive was the other one. I've, yes. I, finally, I finally got to work with Phil Pope last year on Hitchhikers because he was um, playing lots of parts and leading the band and I was playing Zaphod, you know. And, uh, and I actually finally got to say to Phil, you know, I owe you an immense debt because a lot of what I do in terms of taking you know the the, the parodist thing because Radioactive again they would do that thing that they wouldn't just write funny words to a Simon and Garfunkel tune they would write a Simon and Garfunkel you know, or, or a Bee Gees tune they would write a Bee Gees tune that you never heard before yes yes by, by, by sort of taking the component elements and reconstructing them and I've very much kind of adapted that technique to, to my own sort of parodism so I finally got to say to Phil you know I owe, I owe you an immense debt because I basically kind of entirely lifted your approach to doing pop parodies, you know what I mean? That's, that's that I'm, I'm entirely because. Um, is there something I wanted to ask actually? Yeah. Is when you are pastiching a song, yeah, are there kind of legal guidelines as to how similar to the song it can sta- it can? It they, can yeah, sound? there are, and they move all the damn time. Um, it, 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 technically, it's meant to be sequences of seven notes or more can be copyrightable. You see, we've just had this all come up with the blurred lines thing. Uh, yes, of course. The yeah, game. which is totally out of order because basically, as far as I can tell, the jury awarded that on the basis that everybody's had enough of Pharrell and everybody thinks Robin thinks a twat. You know what I mean? Um, you, but what, you don't think there's enough in it that it's... There's that it's nothing lifted. in it. There's nothing in it. Well the, th- well, the things that they lifted, they announced immediately that they'd lifted, but they're not copyrightable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a cowbell on it, you know, and it's got kind of party atmosphere. You know, and, and they were up front when Bloodlines came out, you know, Pharrell and Robin Thicke, they said, yeah, we went for a kind of a got-to-give-it-up vibe on this one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because vibes aren't copyrightable. Vibes are you know what I mean? What's copyrightable basically is melody and lyric. That's really all the... You can't copyright a chord sequence, otherwise every song written between 1955 and 1962 plagiarises every other song written mm-hmm. between 1955 and 1962. Um, you know, Axis of Awesome, you know, yeah, the, the four, four chords. chords yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's, you know, um, literally about one song in three. Has, and I've written a couple with that sort of chord sequence. It's, mm-hmm. un, it's unavoidable. Um, 
you know, just, men- just yeah. mentioning axes for a minute. What yeah. other kind of um, acts do you feel are in the same kind of ballpark as you? What, um, well, who, are, the, who are your kind of contemporaries? And well, who one of the weird things your... is one of the weird things is about being a, a musical act is that you don't get to see them. You don't get to see the other. There's only ever one on the bill. You know what I mean? They will only in much the same way they'll only ever stick one black dude on. They'll only ever stick one woman on. They'll only stick one special act, whether it be event or whatever. You know what I mean? Whereas we can have endless successions of white guys in a shirt. You know what I mean? The white guys in the shirt can just vanish over the horizon. You know what I mean? You go, no, no, they will. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, for the yeah. benefit of the listener, Mitch is white and wearing a shirt. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean by white guys in a shirt as regards comedy. Anyway. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100%, yeah. I don't know if it's 100% analogous, kind of endemic, maybe sexism and racism <laughs> in the comedy industry too. No, 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 I don't Musicism. think... Musicism. I don't, no, I don't think that's what it... Well, no, it's just the minute you do a thing you are kind of regarded as being interchangeable with everybody else who does that thing. Do you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily know. I think what goes on in promoters' minds when they won't have two women on the same bill is not, we can't have two women on. I think the thing is, they'll do the same shit as each other. I think it's, you know, sure. they're, they're, you know, they'll both just do period jokes, you know what I mean, which is the pertaining cliches God, of God's women. And I can't, even remember, I can't even remember, I can't even remember the last time I, I heard a period joke, can you? Absolutely. I can't even remember the last time I heard a tampon gag out of a female. No, I've heard a few out of male comics. Mm. can't remember the last time I heard a female it's comedy. It's infuriating. You know? I was, yeah. Someone told me at the, uh, the, the, the comedian you know, right on Saturday two, yeah, night, yeah. And, and a lady in the audience afterwards who was with a friend of mine who yeah. was there said, oh, that middle act was Tiffany Stevens. She said she was absolutely brilliant. She was so great. And she didn't do any jokes about periods. Where have you been? <laughs> but, you know, but also, I think, you know, what was that like? You know, probably Jenny Eclair did one in about 1993 and the entire industry yeah. still paying the price. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, sure. and, and nobody's ever done it before. We're, we're but, running know, a bit long time. We'll yeah, get yeah, back to the yeah. idea of... Uh, yes. So I was saying about... Who, who else do you... Who else do who I Who are your contemporaries? Yeah, um, my contemporaries? Do I don't know. I mean, the thing is, we run this thing in London now called The Distraction Club, which I run partly as an, as an excuse to get to see other musical acts. You know what I mean? Because I don't really get to see them. And there's all kinds of different approaches. You know I mean? Uh, Andy Davis' Quint Fontana is brilliant. This sort of, you know, fading 80s rock star. Jay Foreman, I think, is, is, is his, just as a pure comic songwriter, I think he's brilliant. He's just yes. getting better and better all the time. Yes. Uh, who else? Carly's lovely. Um, actually, the other thing, actually, the Distraction Club is that it's probably got a better gender balance than a lot of comedy because the, a lot of, you get a lot of female musical comics. Um, Kirsty in my band is working a lot with Jess Robinson, um, yes, who, yes. you know, just spent most of the last year touring as Little Voice and has basically sort of distilled the Little Voice thing into a kind of a, an insane cabaret experience, you know. There's all kinds of different approaches to it. Every time you think you've seen every possible way of making a song funny, yes. you see somebody do something else, with, you know. Do you, which things, well, that's another, that's a question yeah. I love asking uh, my guests, is which, uh, what kind of songs or other acts have you seen or other kind of styles or tropes have you seen and thought, I wish I'd thought of that. If only I'd got there first. Uh, Who are you jealous of that you're like, oh, rats? Oh, the, the, the joke I, 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 that I was so annoyed that somebody beat me to, um, Harry Shearer, otherwise known as Derek Smalls in Spinal Tap, does a, a, a radio show and podcast called uh, Le Show, which is one of the most witheringly satirical things you've ever heard. Because what he generally just does, <clears throat> you know, he's got that fantastic, deep kind of American TV, 1950s TV mm. announcer voice, almost. He actually sounds like this. And uh, he just reads out news stories with a slightly sarcastic tone of voice 
and the occasional pregnant pause. And that's all he does. He doesn't actually pass any comment on these things. He just reads he just them out. Reads and, them out and it's devastating. But every now and again, he, he does funny songs because he, you know, he, he co-wrote the tap stuff. He went, yes. you know, and he did this Beach Boys song about waterboarding. And I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, how did I not think of waterboarding USA? How did I not think of that? You know, how did I not come up with a waterboard surf analogy? That was staring me in the face. That's lovely. Is there just you talking about, like you mentioned a couple of times, like I've done a load of Beatles songs, yeah. but I love them. I've done a load mm-hmm. of Stones parodies, but I love them. Yeah. Do you ever feel that there's kind of almost like a tombola of the same stuff that keeps coming uh, around? Well, the thing is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's certain... Like, with, with the responsibilities of I was 17 years on the now I was 16, yeah. 16 it's, it's years. Nuts. I have That's no idea how many songs amount of output. Are. Yeah, I've, I've, I will try and calculate it at some point, but I've genuinely no idea. But it's got to be. If and it's is, not in the thousands, it's in the high hundreds. But is it ever a stroke? Yeah. Do you find yourself... Do you ever sort of find yourself going, well, I could, I could probably just knock out a Beatles parody and well, get, take the kids out? Do you know what I mean? Do you, is, is there a shortcut? It's never quite that quick. But I say, what I say, what, what that is all to do is it goes back to what we're talking about, about, you know, you don't want to swirl around in the vortex for any longer than you have to. You want something to hold on to which gives you some kind of direction at least to take it in. Because yes. otherwise you can just but sit there that, literally. Is, the, you know. is that at the sacrifice of creativity? Do you ever worry that you're retreading your steps out of a desire to get out of that void? You might be, and that's why every now and again you've got to make yourself do something new. You know what I mean? Every now and again you've got to impose something new upon yourself, you know, and that's kind of what I try and do in the touring show, you know. Uh, I will deliberately try and find a musical style, you know. So in, in my current touring show there's a rumba. I've never done anything like that before. Okay. Never done anything sort of, you know, sort of, you know, Latin American before. So there's just something in that, you know. Or strip it all the way down and just have the guitar on you again. You know what I mean? Uh, or, or just, um, or there's another thing I, 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 I use a lot in the touring show is, 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 is a looper. I've got a, a looper app on my phone. Um, I see, okay. Which, which again, just, it, it takes me in slightly different directions. You know, there's things you can do in that. Um, I came up with it. There's a thing I did for is the this, national... this is the same as the sort of the pedal looper. Well, yeah, that you yeah, see except it's, 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 yeah, exactly. Except it's actually okay. in your hand. You know, it's just, just okay. this phone and you have to you know my eyesight's not that good these days and just about to see what I'm doing you know you have to kind of manipulate the, the controls on the screen and talk into it at the same time um, I, 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 I saw this I've, had the, I've got the app about four or five years ago saw this amazing YouTube demo and like you do thought yes having that downloaded it never got around to working out how to use it but then I did a, a couple of gigs with Shlomo you know beatboxer mm-hmm. and he again has the big Friend rack the mounted show. one yep yep great guy uh, and he gets amazing he won the loop station championships in LA I think with his thing so, and so the, I, yeah, the loop station championships, championships. I didn't even know yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but I was looking okay. at that and I thought, what, what is what it came down to? Years ago, I wrote a thing for the for the now show, which is Macbeth done as Eminem. It's the whole plot of Macbeth, but it's an Eminem track, and it's a massive live favorite with the band. And I wanted to do it in this solo show. My first solo show at Edinburgh for years was uh, 2011, and I thought I want to do Macbeth. I thought, how am I going to do that? I can't do it with the guitar. I don't want to just do it over CD because that's a bit weak. What am I going to do? And I thought, wait, 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 that bloody Looper thing. And I, mm. I got and I thought, if I actually build up the track just vocally, as I'm doing the intro, you know, and, and just loop these tracks up. For a start, it gives an interesting element of, what the fuck's he doing with this? You know yes. what I mean? Where's he going with this? And then also, it means I'm doing the whole thing as a live thing, you know. These are all sounds I've just made, and now I'm mixing them up and down in the phone. And then I had other ideas. The next year, I did a kind of a doo-wop thing with it, because I thought, I don't want to do the hip-hop thing again. What else can I do? And one of my little girls found um, Bobby McFerrin's website, Oh, yeah. And on Bobby McFerrin's website, you can fade up and down the elements of Don't Worry, 
be happy. So, mm, 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 oh, yes, okay, yeah. Just slipping it out there. And I thought, oh, if you had something with a constant chord sequence where, you know, the chorus and the verse have the same chords, you could do something melodic with the looper. So I did like a, a, a doo-wop thing, you know, um, almost like an a cappella doo-wop thing with myself. And then for the Beatles show, I, was, I, was, I had a great fun. I, I deconstructed Tomorrow Never Knows, which is like their first really good acid track. So the last track on Revolver, and it basically sounds like the Chemical Brothers when it came out in 1966, you know. Okay. Uh, and I thought, I, 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 I want to just go on about this song as like the ultimate example of how ahead of the time they were and actually boil it down to its individual elements and then do the macapella into the looper and then do Tomorrow Never Knows Live, which is impossible. You know what I mean? Amazing. It's, you know, and, and, and that was that was great well, fun. So every now and again, yeah, you've got to, you've got to yeah, we put must, yourself on a curveball, you know. We you know? must finish, Mitch, but I've got, yes. one, I've got one final question, go which on is that you mentioned at the very beginning of this interview, you yeah. said you talked about going round and round in circles. Yeah. And I just want to hear, because obviously, you know, there are, like you said, there are kind of ways of pushing yourself yeah. to do new things. But is that, do you feel that you're, how happy are you? How satisfied are you with your career at the moment? Do you feel there's an element that's circular? Uh, and if I'm, there is, how are you coping with that? I'm happy but not content, put it that way. I'm okay with where I am, but I'm not necessarily satisfied with where I am. Now, I'm getting on now. I'm 45 years old. You know what I mean? This is possibly, you know, by the time you're 45 years old in this profession, you're probably the guy you're going to be. You know what I mean? Having said that, um, there's guys who've been in this job for as long as I have who suddenly get a break. Like Milton. Yes. Milton suddenly went stratospheric about three years ago. Milton's been going about five years longer than me. Milton was an established act when I got started. Mm. Milton's been going since the early 90s. And suddenly, about five years ago, he gets big. You know what I mean? Um, John Maloney's just got his own show on Radio 4. Has he? I yeah. And he's that. been going since the 80s. You know what and, I mean? And, and it's that, just that, do, what, what do you think that so, is? Is that a break or is that a that they've done something that they've changed? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you're just the right guy in the right place at the right time, even if you've been in that place for 20 years with nobody paying any attention to you. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. So it's I've not yet dismissed it. I mean, I'm doing other things now. I'm writing my books now. I'm writing science fiction novels now. Um, Are you? I didn't yeah, know I've got okay. two science fiction novels out, Terror and Terror's World. Don't know the third one's coming out working on that right now uh now that obviously is a hell of a lot less age sensitive than this business yes um and so that you know is is kind of encouraging but to to be honest it's it's i don't know i don't know what what i need you know is i just need to keep myself interested there's, there's never really been a plan and i don't really you know none of my stuff has ever really been tailored for critics or for producers or anything because i don't really i always think if you do something that you like by the time it goes out to the world, there's at least one person who's thought it was good, even if it was you. If you're doing something which you think other people might like, then when it goes out into the world, nobody's actually liked it yet. And as such, there's a pretty good chance that nobody will. Whereas if at least one person has liked it, you know what I mean? I'm a bit odd, but I'm not that odd. I'm not unique. Stuff I like, other people will too. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's just the only, kind of, the only kind of rule I've ever applied to it. Maybe I should have some more. I'll think of some others. Thank you very much, Mitch. Thank you, Thanks sure. a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Please join me in thanking Mitch Ben. So that was Mitch. Thank you very much to Mitch for coming on the show. Thank you to Andrus for having us at the Tallinn Comedy Festival. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I did enormously. Uh, next week, I think we will have... I've got a couple in the can. Why don't we have Zoe Lyons next week? Lovely Zoe Lyons. Gosh, she's funny. Um, we're in an orbit at the moment. We've not gigged together for about five or six years. And the last few... In, in the last six weeks, we've gigged together in Brighton, Edinburgh, London, Oxford and Estonia. So... Um, what better time to, to uh, corral her and, uh, and get an interview out of her? So Zoe Lyons next week, I think. Um, or or I've, I've also got Ian Stone. Maybe let's have Zoe, then Ian. Yes, this is, this is the fascinating workings of my 
<laughs> of my febrile mind as uh, I try and get a lot of other things done. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, the com- doing admin for the Comedians Comedian podcast is no substitute for doing your own writing, as I tell myself as I look at myself in the mirrored reflection of the glass in my flat. Go and do some more work, Stuart. Go and do some more work, all of you. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>